Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 506. We've got a great guest. We've got Jonathan Christopher with us, and he's well known for his great plugin, Search WP. So, John, um, do you want could you quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name's John Christopher. John Jonathan kind of goes back and forth. Um, but I've been uh, kind of tinkering with WordPress uh, for for a long time now. Uh, I, I my my I, I cut my teeth in the client services uh, area, as we we a lot of us do. Um, but over the past few years, I transitioned into uh, product design and development. Uh, biggest of which right now is Search WP. But uh, throughout those years of doing client development, I spent a lot of time uh, on WordPress.org uh, plugins area, just making plugins that I wanted to use for my client work, which in turn got the gears going in my brain for more product ideas. And that kind of one thing led to another and found my way out of client work into, into product work. So that's what I'm really doing now. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Adrian. Adrian, I'd like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers. Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and the founder of Groundhog. Uh, we build marketing automation and sales tools to help small businesses using WordPress launch their sales funnels. And we're going to be discussing with John, you know, um, his latest version of, um, of his great... Search plugins, WP. Search WP. And um, we're also going to be talking about what some of the things that led them to develop the plugin around doing um, customer work. But before we go <clears throat> before we go into the main part of the show, I just want to discuss our great sponsors and that's our main sponsor is Kinsta. I can't talk today. I don't know what's going on. Our, um, is like I say Kinsta and they've been with us for the past couple of years. And we also host the WP Tonic site with Kinsta. They are WordPress hosting, they use Google Cloud, and they're just superb, basically. It's really speedy um, hosting, great interface. I think their interface is one of their stronger, strongest things. And that sounds, you might think, oh, well, the interface. But when you go to other hosting companies for clients and you try and use what they're providing, and you go back to Kinsta, the UX design really matters because you can find things really quickly. Um, it's just superb. And another great feature is their support. Now, we've all, for clients or for ourselves, we've always, you know, we've kind of phoned up or emailed certain hosting providers, and then we've had to do the same again and again, and then we're passed around different people and we don't get anywhere, and then a couple of hours has just disappeared. Well, with Kinsta, you just don't get there. When I've had a problem, and that's only been occasionally, the person I initially spoke to was the person that solved the problem. I wasn't just kind of moved around, and I really appreciate that. So if you want really quick hosting at a reasonable price for your clients or for yourself, go over to Kinsta buy one of their packages and really tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. Our second sponsor is WP Fusion. Now, in the in the modern world of connecting to CRMs, and there's a lot of them, 
um, like Active Campaign, Drip. But there's almost over 200 that WP Fusion will connect. So if you're into modern marketing, you need a, a modern CRM. And if you got WordPress, you need a way of communicating with that CRM. Well, that's WP Fusion. So it's a fantastic pop <coughs> product, a fantastic team. They're great friends of the show. So go over to WP Fusion, see what they've got to offer, buy one of their products, and like previously, tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So, John... Um, so you've got a new version of Search WP coming up. So what's the highlights in this new version, John? Well, uh, the, I mean, the, the take-home message about the latest version, which is 4, is that it was a complete rewrite. It was a complete rebuild. Uh, I built the initial version uh, seven years ago, and uh, the, the origins of it came from the client work I was doing. And uh, as we all know... Uh, the, the native search feature of WordPress is kind of lacking and there, there's some solutions out there. Um, but, you know, as we developers tend to do, we like to build things for ourselves and re, reinvent wheels and, and redo things. And that, that was the case here. I kind of wanted, I, I liked what was out there, but there were, there were these, these little details that I thought would be really neat to, to build in. So yeah, uh, I sought out to build the the plugin, never having built a search engine before or anything like that. Um, so it was kind of just like a trial by fire thing, but I wanted to see if I could do it. Uh, um, so uh, as as time went on and as features got added and changed, and uh, you know hooks grew and and the the, the product matured, uh, it, it kind of came to a breaking point as far as technical debt goes. Um, I'd improved a lot in the past seven years as a PHP developer. Uh, the JavaScript world completely flipped everything on its head. So I, I, I integrated that when and where I could, but it got to the point where um, the feature requests coming from clients were such that uh, the existing architecture of the plugin just wouldn't let it work. Uh, it, it got me. It got me a long way down the road. It, it it adapted to a lot of customer needs along the way, but there was these few things that it just couldn't do without changing enough where. Uh, iterative development just wasn't going to work. You had to shove it all off the table and start from scratch. So this past winter, um, I decided to give myself two months, see see how far I could get it done. I'd, I'd, I've gone over this rewrite for probably the past two or three years uh, and thought, you know, yeah, this, this might work. I'm not even sure that what I have planned is even going to work. So I said I'd give myself two months to do a minimum viable product to, of a rebuild. And depending on that, I'd say whether or not I could you know, actually get it released to the public. Um, long story short, uh, the test went really good. The initial development went really good. Um, it was a lot of work, which a lot of people usually frown upon, but given my use case and me being very uh, customer-driven development, uh, I wanted to be able to kind of uh, adapt to what the customers were asking for now. And I, th I really do think that uh, doing a rebuild at this point is going to set it forward for the next, you know, seven years of its life. So I thought it was worth it this time. All right. That sounds amazing. Over to you, Adrian. So let's just talk about Search WP for a little bit. Uh, what use cases? Uh, I mean, if you're running like a simple blog and, you know, the, the search bar is probably enough just to like search post content and the post title. But what use cases for a customer using Search WP would make it really stand out and, and make it like the only possible solution to solve their problem? 
Absolutely. So again, like the, the original inspiration was doing all this client work. And um, if you if you do build more advanced sites that are more than than a blog, like you mentioned, where you know searching um, post content and and uh, excerpts and titles and sorting by date for the most part is going to get get you by. It's going to be okay. Uh, but in this case, I was building. I was mostly using things like advanced custom fields to, to store all the content. And this stores all the, all the content in the, the meta table, which, you know, you just don't want to search against because performance wise, even, even a handful of pages, is good. you're going to start seeing slow query times. And, you know, that kind of grows exponentially. Uh, so the original inspiration was pretty much to allow me to implement a search where I could kind of customize the algorithm to take certain custom fields into account, titles here, post content there and kind of give individual weight to those content areas. Because um, for instance, uh, like the blog posts aren't going to carry as much weight as the FAQ section, but the FAQ data is all stored as a custom post type. So I want to be able to kind of find out a way to give certain weight to the FAQ and some weight, but less weight to the blog posts because those aren't as like cornerstone content. So that kind of set me off. And that's, that's, that, that was the original inspiration for wanting to build it is, is searching more and returning re- results primarily based on relevance as opposed to, you know, simple matches and sort it by date. It, was, it actually, want, I wanted it to be a weighting system where the most relevant results were the ones you're going to see first. What, what kind of site would, would benefit from this? Like, what, what kind of sites out there like if you were to like pick out an ideal site that for a use case that would use this, I mean, we have an ideal customer and it's like agencies, like who's your kind of like ideal person? So my ideal person was actually me, selfish as that is, is, is uh, a person out there building client sites that uses advanced custom fields or your favorite custom field plugin to store a lot of content that you want searchable. Um, but the other end of that and what I've discovered along the lines is there are other use cases like WooCommerce, for instance, you can sweat the details of adding your product categories, your tags, all of that data in those in the, the tabbed area they have for you know your SKUs and your product variations. All of that kind of goes everywhere, and native WordPress search doesn't search any of it. So, like stuff like taxonomies, like tags and categories, those are about as good as it gets for search keywords. But WooCommerce does not search them at all. SearchWP lets you bring in those taxonomies as well. Um, so it's, it's, more, it's more about setting up, um, uh, uh, and it's not an automated approach to search. It lets you customize it based on the site you've built. So if, if you're going to sweat the details of actually setting up plugin A, B, and C to store the data in these areas, you can then map that to how you want your search to work as opposed to just like sending it off to a server in the cloud that's just going to return results based on what it thinks you want back. You have a little bit more control over that with SearchWP. So this is definitely like a developer-oriented product. It, well, it is now. Uh, and that came after the advice of some uh, much wiser people in the industry because when I first started doing products, you know, everybody's your customer. You want, you want site owners to do it. It's one click. I'm going to make it super easy for them. Um, but someone, you know, looked me straight in the face and they're like, you have a developer product. So ever since then, my copy and all the stuff I do is more dictated towards them. But at the same point, my approach to designing products is to still make them super easy for site owners to use because it turns out developers like that stuff too. So it's it's smart to do that regardless. But yes, it's definitely a developer tool. Yeah, I went through I went through a similar process when you know, you said when you start out, everybody's your customer. Yep. But the, problem, the problem with selling to everybody is that you're actually selling to nobody. And Absolutely. Nobody ends up buying. So yeah, wise words there. 
if you have a developer product, make it for developers. I have an agency product and a lot of my copy and stuff is focused towards agencies, but we still have like tons of just regular site owners who, who sign up and that's kind of just the way that it goes. Sure. Jonathan? Yeah, I was wondering, you know, you were saying you now with this version um, that is heavy on JavaScript in, and you've really had to delve into that. Can you give some um, insights about what that journey has been like? Absolutely. So uh, another reason why I think that I've been able to stick with Search WP so long is that it's one of those tools that you kind of, it, it ins- you install it and it kind of either works or it doesn't. It doesn't do anything on the front end. All it does is pipe in, intercept searches and return the results. Your theme still does all of that. So um, the, the way JavaScript came into play for me was the actual UI of the setting screen. Uh, I focus a lot on making that experience not daunting, something that actually empowers people to ratchet up the effectiveness of their search without feeling overburdened by a million text areas and labels and checkboxes. You're not really quite sure what they do. Um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what it, the, the, the user experience of actually configuring Search WP outside of the actual developer experience, which I, fo- oh, I want to focus on a lot too, which is another reason I wanted to do the rewrite, the developer experience in version three. Um, it was fine, but it could have been a lot better. So V4 is that better for me. Um, so yeah, all of the, all the JavaScript develop, development I've been doing is just on the setting screen for engine configuration, which is, it's deceivingly complex because the goal is to make it easy, as easy as possible for you to, to work with. Is it just you? As the developer, yeah. I, ha- I have some help with support, uh, which I'm so blessed. Uh, he, uh, um, he, uh, he's helped out in so many ways. And uh, I, for people who are also in the same boat, I recommend getting help with support as soon as possible because um, while it's really beneficial to speak with your customers directly for their pain points to, to adapt to that and make it better, um, having someone to kind of offload when those times get really stressful is super helpful. So uh, yeah, I'm super thankful for to have him helping me out. But yeah, it's just me and, and him doing support. I'm curious about your support relationship. So is this like a full-time employee or a contractor? Or how, how is that relationship built? It's just an hourly-based contractor. I put an ad up on uh, post status, like, man, three three years ago now. And, um, you know, I had one of those questions in to make sure you actually read the job listing. I had something in there about... Uh, you know, tell me how many stickers you have on your laptop or something like that. And he was one of the few that actually read it and answered it. And, you know, I chatted with him for a few minutes and right away, he was so super helpful. He's just like, I think, I think finding support people is, um, is a really challenging thing because this is a very developer focused product. And he's just a fantastic developer who has really great people skills. And I think that is Extremely, rare. extremely <laughs> rare. Absolutely. And thankfully, he's on the other side of the world, too. So now I have kind of almost 24 hours of coverage for support, which is really helpful. I can wake up and like, he's been doing stuff while I've been sleeping, which has been so awesome. Um, and like, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been, he's great to just like toss ideas to because he's so knowledgeable about the customers and the the problems that we're trying to solve that he can just give me quick, honest feedback that I can get out of my own head and, and kind of bounce some ideas off of him. So um, yeah, it's been great. So you found, you found this guy through post status. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. We should, we should, I'm not, I wonder if the job listing is still there. We should link it in the show notes. I, I'd be curious to find out myself too. 
Yeah. I'll try and do that. We're going to go for our break. When we come back, we're going to be discussing another really interesting area that John brought up. You know, he, he said that he um, got into this with customer doing um, high-class customer work, but he, he found it was drying up, and um, we're going to delve in these experiences of that and how the industry in the past couple of years has changed. So we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had an interesting discussion with John Christopher. I've stumbled at the beginning, but I think I've warmed up there. I couldn't even talk at the beginning, could I? Uh, um, so, John, you know, in our pre, um, pre-discussion, pre-show discussion, we were talking about how you had a partner and you were doing high-class client websites, but you were finding it, you were finding that, it was getting a bit difficult. So do you want to expand on that discussion and give us some insights of what, what your experience was around that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I, I mean, not to go too far back, but uh, my story kind of begins in college. Uh, I was um, going for a degree in information science and policy, uh, which oddly enough, half of my class uh, does, you know, software development, but the, it's also the degree you got at the school if you wanted to be a librarian. So it's all about the science of organizing information, you know, like, uh, and it, 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 it was interesting because, you know, I got to take linguistics classes, figure out how language works, which, you know, thankfully now actually has paid off a lot uh, in trying to, to make a search uh, application. Um, but in my senior year there, I saw a job listing, I, I think it was on Craigslist or something for a local agency, lo- local web agency that um, it was just like this. It was just this group of people in a basement of a brownstone in, in the city that the college was in. And I started working there and they were doing, you know, really forward thinking web development for customers. And this is when the web was still brand new. Um, but uh, I started working there and, you know, doing development in ColdFusion. And this company had this custom-built CMS in ColdFusion that was at least 10 years ahead of its time. It was, it was kind of like what we're doing today with advanced custom fields and stuff like that. Um, so it completely blew my mind. It was, it was the most fun I was having doing this work because, you know, I was, I was learning it by the, the, the uh, one project to the next. I didn't know what I was even doing doing. I was kind of trial by fire where I was learning from the developers around me, learning how to work with clients, this, that, the other thing. So when I got there, the agency was, you know, five or six people. But by the time I left it, it had grown to, you know, anywhere from 18 to 20 or so like that. And I quickly realized that the agency life was was not for me because in order to have a company that big, you're not just doing websites, you're doing print materials, you're doing more insight into ad campaigns, SEO, this whole thing. And, um, that my passion was not in those things. It was just in web development. So um, uh, after a number of years there, uh, uh, another guy that actually worked there, we decided to, you know, kind of go off on our own and actually um, 
just stick to doing just websites. We thought there was a great market out there for people who are looking for these bespoke sites that are custom built with, you know, a focus on quality, not only of design, but on the back end too. Uh, I spent a lot of time uh, there getting into WordPress and learning how to make it behave like this cold fusion CMS that I was so used to and spoiled by. Uh, and that's when, you know, ACF just started coming out and we were building all these sites. And so, uh, we were having a low, a load of fun doing that. But when we set off to start this company, it was, it was called uh, Iron to Iron. Um, it was the, the whole goal was just to be me and my partner. He did all the design, all of the um, initial you know, information architecture, all of that. He's, he's a fantastic artist uh, in, the, in the traditional sense, but he, he's, like, he's one of the best designers I've ever been able to work with, which has been so great. And so we just paired up really well. And um, we, we were, our, our focus was doing uh, sites for, you know, small to mid-sized businesses. We ended up finding our niche to be um, kind of enterprise software companies based out of New York City, which is kind of really strange. But we were, we were in upstate New York and, you know, we got linked up with these software companies and we would build, you know, these, these you know, decently sized budgets uh, projects. And all the while, we would be... Um, you know, me asking, what, what, sure. you know, what was kind of the average budget, if you can remember? Um, they were they were mid to five figures, up in the six figures. Uh, so for a, a company of two, knocking out a few of those projects a year was, you know, our, our goal was to pay our mortgage, pay our rent, and you know, keep dinner on the table for our family. So um, we were we were right in that sweet spot where we wanted to be. Uh, it was it was uh, working out uh, terrifically for us. We we had such fun working together. Our clients were great because. It was just the two of us. We had FaceTime with these clients all the time. We would go do presentations. We'd have meetings. We'd do this, that, the other thing. And it was just a really um, open and communicative relationship amongst all of us. And it just kind of, we ended up kind of niching down and, and, and pitching ourselves as the web development team that you haven't been able to facilitate internally yet. So we would we would only work on one project at a time. And when we did that, if possible, we'd pop into the office. We would work there for a number of weeks on end. We would really get to know the business, the people there. And uh, it was a very collaborative approach that we had. And it worked out really well. But uh, over time, things started changing. Um, the WordPress ecosystem absolutely exploded. And, and with that came all of these tools like, I mean, you, you can't, you know, walk down a street almost without hearing the word Elementor anymore. And those tools have become so capable and so advanced. And, you know, um, not to mention all the ancillary products like WooCommerce itself has, has doing a lot of stuff out of the box right now that you used to need custom developers to do. Um, and on the other end of that, we had uh, agencies, the, you know, big agencies with full teams of copywriters and, you know, dedicated information architecture people who that's all they do. And they could bring this entire army to completely and optimally tackle a project at budgets that they couldn't do before because they've gotten so good at doing their jobs. So we're sitting in the middle here and our, our space is just kind of crunching in and out and in and out. And we found ourselves just kind of experiencing that this middle market that we found ourselves in has just kind of been squeezed out. It was, it was proving more and more difficult to find people who wanted, you know, for lack of a better way to explain it, two guys to build their website, because that's what we were. And that's what we that's, that was our strong suit for the whole time. And, you know, we look back on our agency experience, we're like, we could hire six, seven people and, you know, make these bigger agencies, but we didn't want to do that. We saw we saw what it was like to manage teams like that, but we still like doing the work so much that we didn't want to stop doing the work. We didn't want to manage people all the time and manage the products, the projects 
we still wanted to do the work. And if you're a manager, you don't get to do the work all that much. Do you think you, you know? Do you think you could have been a little bit more creative in there? Not not as a criticism, but do you think you could have brought in another partner that could have been the manager? You know, could have been the the front that dealt with that part of the work that you didn't really want to do. Well, we we actually entertained that. We came really close to bringing someone on to be kind of a sales or marketing manager to handle all of the the leads and and kind of facilitate and curate and uh, incubate new projects for us. But we found that Which are three guys, <laughs> right? Exactly. We we found that you know us even even abstracting ourselves away that much took away from like the 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 vibe we had going. You know, we really liked being there from initial email contact all the way to launch day. We loved that. So that abstraction was just something we weren't really into. We didn't think that we could provide the same level of service that we did. So we decided to just kind of look around and see what other options were and decided, you know, it, it, it makes the most sense to dissolve at this point. It was an awesome run while we had it going. Uh, but, you know, the times have changed we're, and we don't want to adapt in the way that the world has adapted. So what, so, what, oh. Oh, go on, go on, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just gonna ask. Um, obviously, agency like small outfits such as yourselves are, are still around. Like not all of them disappeared. Sure. Uh, I'm curious if you've noticed kind of what other small outfits, or maybe you have some theories on what small outfits should be doing to, you know, kind of find their market. Since your middle market niche evaporated is there just a different market that if you're like two guys building websites that you're yeah. that you should be going after instead of wasting your time on uh the 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 middle market that you're talking about yeah that's a great question i think uh what it comes down to is is better making the making the most use of the tools out there to uh kind of facilitate lowering budgets and and uh, decreasing turnaround time. So if you're a smaller shop, I think you can take on more smaller projects, turn them around quickly and effectively. Um, that kind of takes away from the nuance of like the artistic angle of actually like being able to afford the time to sit down and uh, go through sites page by page, which involves, you know, sitting down with company uh, decision makers and getting their input on all of this. I think that um, enough systems have been kind of I don't know if commoditized is the word, but you you can you can turn around a site pretty quickly now, pretty quickly now, and it can be a great site. It might not be uh, the the you know bespoke custom exactly, but if you're okay with that, you can you can I think you can make a killing absolutely. If if you can totally uh, get your tool set to help you rapidly build sites to the quality that you feel is 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 appropriate, then I, I think there's absolutely room still there for sure. So it's really going after like a quantity over quality type mindset just if you're if, if you're two guys building sites you should be looking at volume because i mean you so you were to work with like enterprise software development it seems that weird that they'd hire that stuff out is that not weird i know but yeah they, they would stock up with uh the actual programmers developing this the software not so they then that was their that was their you know that was their domain they weren't they weren't out there shopping for a great web team, you know, because they're so focused on everything else. But yeah, it was, we kind of fell backwards into that, which is great because we're far enough outside the city where we can get New York city budgets for, uh, for, for us living upstate. So it it was really cool. We, we, We got to go down there all the time and just chat with people, go around the city for a couple of days. It was awesome. 
Yeah, but now you know they can just get one web die to put out a website, WordPress website with Elementor in like an hour. It's true. Yeah, it's right? absolutely so true. I see how that would evaporate. Oh, well, obviously, hopefully you can stay on for bonus, what we call bonus content, John, which sure. is uh, about another 15 minutes because I want to continue the discussion. And I've got my own views how the market's changing. I'd like to put them to you and get your feedback and also agents as well. So we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. I, I seem to have got my uh, ability to talk has come back, listeners and viewers. Um, before we really wrap it up, I just want to point out that me and, and Spencer, um, Spencer Forum, are doing a, another webinar in July. It's going to be the first Tuesday. I think that's the 7th um, of July. Um, it's going to be on Tuesday at 9am Pacific Standard Time. If We're going to be covering um, Spencer's product, Launch Flows, but also we're going to combine it with an in-depth look at WP Fusion. So it's going to be a really interesting um, webinar. You'll be able to join us live and then be able to ask us questions, which is going to be great. Um, and it just should be a great resource and a great webinar. We, um, like I say, um, all you're going to have to do is go to the WP Tonic website, go to the main navigation, top navigation, and there's a button saying free webinar. You click on that and you sign up for the free webinar on that page. And hopefully you will find time to join us. It should be a blast. So, John... How's the best way for people to find out more about you and your great product, SearchWP? Yeah, right now is uh, searchwp.com. I also try and post uh, to my site, uh, johnchristopher.us. It's J-O-N Christopher.us. Um, Again, my, my, my initial uh, roots in, in the WordPress community were actually blogging. I had a site called Monday by Noon where, you know, I tried to force myself to post every Monday by noon, which actually worked for like six years. Uh, but then I stopped. I'm trying to get back in the habit, but everybody's saying that and I'm terrible at actually keeping to it. But um, yeah, so th those are the two places pretty much. I've got to say, John, it's been a blast interviewing you. You're a really fantastically interesting guy. You have to come back. Yeah, in like three or four months and come back on the show and then we have another discussion. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? So if you're looking to uh, actively replace uh, Active Campaign or another marketing automation solution with a WordPress-focused solution, you can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io to learn more about our free plugin that will help you uh, collect contacts and send email. And I've got to say, it's a great product, listeners and viewers. It's a product I've been waiting for for almost 18 months, two years to come on, on the market. And then Adrian appeared and he agreed to become my co-host. And it's been just a joy working with Adrian. But um, it's a great project, Adrian. And the amount of work you've put into it, you and your team, is just amazing. Thank you. Right. We'll be back next week, folks, um, with another great guest and another great conversation. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 